0: You're listening to The Habitology Podcast with Melanie White and today I'm talking about the value of program content and emails. So if you're a coach and you're creating a program that you wish to pilot or revamping an old pilot or an old program, this is for you. Program content and emails are important resources that help your clients to know what to do and to grow into their new identity as they work with you and to make positive and lasting change. The right amount and type of content and emails can make your clients no grow and change journey, as I call it, more impactful and therefore adding credible and tangible value to a somewhat intangible service like coaching. And that's at least initially before your clients truly experience the value of coaching itself. What I mean is that a lot of people might think that you're going to teach them something and you may teach them a couple of skills but most of what you do as a coach is drawing the answers out of people and getting them to hear their own ideas. So content and emails can add that tangible value to something that they may not yet understand. When creating content and emails it's really essential to consider the customer journey and the user experience and that means what's going on for them when they're changing. That's the customer journey. How, What's their process of change like? What are they experiencing in their daily life? And user experience is what's it like to interact with you and receive the service? And when you understand both of those things, you can meet your clients where they're at and meet their needs and wants. Simply listening to and addressing somebody's needs is a great way of adding value, by the way. Now I like to call content and emails assets and the definition of assets is really things that you own, including your own intellectual property and content that has an economic or other value. So let's talk about content assets. Here are some of the ones that you can create and use in a pilot program or a completed program. Now, let me just say that you wouldn't use all of these. You would want to talk to a focus group and find out what would they want and expect out of a program. Please do that first and get as much information about their wants and needs as possible before, during, and after building out a program. Even if you're building an educational program and not a pilot program, you need to do this so that you're giving people exactly what they want and they're more likely to buy it in future, other people like them. If you create something that you think is a good idea but you don't test it or you don't build it with clients or get feedback it's possibly not going to work. You want to create something that solves a tangible problem for someone and you can only do that by understanding what the problem is in their words, what their experience is of it and what the obstacles are that they need to overcome. So without further ado, let's talk about some content assets. The first one is a getting started guide. This is essentially a program roadmap and welcome guide for your clients all in one. It explains briefly how your program works. It might include housekeeping items like how to book appointments or log in, et cetera, how to whitelist your email. And it also gives an overview of what they're going to do or the key phases of change that they're going to make in your program. The second one, a second type of content that is, is written and verbal quizzes. Now, everybody loves to learn more about themselves. And as coaches, we know that self-awareness is a first and important step for making change. It's a prerequisite for creating a compelling vision. And that's because you want to understand where are you right now and where would you like to be. Quizzes and questionnaires help with that. So do reflective worksheets. They're all effective tools that raise self-awareness and help change people's perspectives and negative thinking patterns that keep them stuck. Quizzes and questionnaires are fun and interesting ways to bring curiosity and attention to who we are, what we like, and what we're capable of. As your clients become aware of the symptoms and thoughts and feelings and behaviours and situations that they're going through and struggling with, and they can identify those which affect their motivation and habits, then they really start to get it. So those quizzes can really unpack a client's unique lifestyle challenges That they need to learn how to master. So they can't just go out and set goals without first knowing what do they need to do differently. In coaching programs we tend to use quizzes more in the pre-work like the pre-course, pre-program side of things and in the first couple of weeks of a program in that initial self-awareness phase. But talking to some coaches recently I think there are a lot of people who aren't very self-aware and quizzes could be used possibly almost every week. Going forward for ongoing discovery and self-awareness. Now where do you get quizzes? Well you can source them externally or you can create your own in a Word document or a quiz software uh, like Gravity Forms is a good example or try Interact some online quiz uh, softwares. There may be also website plugins. I would recommend try Interact or Gravity Forms though for online quizzes. But a really simple DIY version is Microsoft Forms or Google Forms. If you're using example uh, quizzes that other people have made some examples might include the Holmes and Ray stress inventory or the four tendencies quiz or Christopher Skellett's pleasure versus achievement quiz. There's a doer versus thinker quiz, there's a stress type test or maybe a life balance quiz or any sort of a personality quiz such as a Myers-Briggs type test. You can get links to these quizzes that I'm talking about in the blog post on my website that relate to this podcast. Another great piece of content is a monitoring tool. And we all know that recognising success makes us feel like we're getting somewhere, right? Think about a time when you were trying to do something, get fitter or lose weight or eat better if you're documenting that journey and you're seeing tangibly what's changing, you feel like you're achieving something right along the way, not just at the end, but this feeling like, hey, I'm really doing it. I'm actually succeeding. And that creates an immense sense of value, especially in a program you're, you're going to associate the value with the program that you're in. The funny thing is that although it feels great to feel successful, very few people take the time to recognize their efforts. How often do you recognize your own efforts, your progress and your incremental results? How often do you reflect on that? We all live with ourselves every day and maybe we're too busy to do that but perhaps the subtle changes that occur on a daily basis are hard to see and acknowledge. We all have blind spots So that's why I feel like monitoring tools offer a really powerful way to help your clients to recognize some of the more subtle but really important changes that they're creating in their life, their body or their mind. I've got a whole episode on this. Um, I can't remember which number it is but I do have an earlier episode around monitoring. You can use monitoring tools from the first week of your program to help your clients feel good and see some hard data that shows hey, the program's giving specific benefits and results. Some of those tools, those monitoring tools, could include a rating of one to 10. I like to use these in a coaching session to help a client rate their energy, stress, hunger, sleep, or whatever, write them down and see how they change from week to week based on what they're doing. So those are some really good indicators that the activities that they're doing during the week are having a tangible effect on different areas of their health and well-being. A weekly goal review with percentage success is a great way to measure improvement because if you're achieving each of the weekly goals, the action steps that you're taking, it's telling you that you're being accountable to yourself firstly by doing them and secondly that you are moving towards what you want. So that weekly goal review is really important. Doing a goal review in the middle of a program in the last week is helpful to get a big picture view of change so I think that's a really important monitoring tool and you might want to create a worksheet on that. How have you gone so far? What's your progress towards your three monthly goals? How are you feeling compared to when you started? That sort of monitoring tool is a bit more touchy-feely but really important. Wellness wheels are fantastic as before and after visuals to see what's changed with my satisfaction in different areas of life. Reflective journals can be used as monitoring tools and there are some of the more practical tools like blank meal plans or blank schedules or things that you can tick off glasses of water or workouts, progress charts or spreadsheets. All of those sorts of things are helpful and checklists are too. And in fact anything that helps a client tick things off and see them is a really great monitoring tool. It's not just about what your program is helping them achieve but it's them helping them to feel more confident in themselves and to start trusting themselves a bit more that they'll do what they say they're going to do. So that type of monitoring that type of content that monitoring tool is really important. Homework tasks are also valuable content assets. You can deliver homework via email or perhaps you have a A vault or a portal where you store resources. If you do this I would recommend that this is it's obviously in addition to a client's own weekly weekly goals and I would say that homework is optional. It might be something that they'd like to try or experiment with if they have the time and interest. So it's up to them. Homework generally falls into the category of skills development which is building self-efficacy, challenging yourself or self-awareness. So here are three examples of these types of homework. For skills development, you might invite a client to create their own tool for monitoring exercise based on their learning style or to practice reframing negative thoughts. I had a client build her own exercise tracking tool and she did it in Excel and she made it into the shape of a mountain somehow, which was really cool and visually that was great for her. A challenge-style homework task might include inviting a client to say no to something. That's a really simple thing. Or to set a boundary with somebody or with themselves around their working hours. In a group setting, it could be about getting two to three teams in your group coaching program, that is, to complete a fun task such as your highest number of exercise minutes. So if you're running a group, you can send people away to do homework That means they work together to maximise the number of exercise minutes or steps or whatever it is. That could be something interesting to do. It's just to liven up the group a bit. You could also invite your client to do something that's a bit of a stretch for homework. So perhaps they set a goal and you invite them to think about the option of stretching beyond that and doing a little more, e.g. five more minutes of exercise, three more minutes of piano practice, 300 mils more of water, one more minute of meditating. You don't have to do this, but if you feel like your client is in a bit of a safe zone with their goals, you might invite them to stretch a little further, just a tiny bit more for homework. Other types of homework tasks for coaching programs might include completing the VIA strengths inventory and then identifying one way that they've used their number one strength this week to help them with their goals. It could be writing down three successes every night, and that's a quick exercise that reinforces positive change, good for your client and the perceived value of your program. It could involve saying, I'm worth it into the mirror each morning or keeping a gratitude diary. There are lots of ways that you can build these sorts of tasks into your coaching program as homework. Another type of content asset that you might consider using is a coaching tool, which you probably will use anyway. And they're things that help clients to get unstuck or otherwise facilitate a shift in perspective or mindset or to facilitate change or enable habits. Some of these are a bit like the quizzes I mentioned earlier but with more of a coaching flavour and they're tools that can enhance somebody's self-awareness, shift to change in perspective and both of those are essential parts of change. Some examples of coaching tools that make really great content just within a program. Remember, you don't want to give all your goodies away in your marketing. (laughs) There's a decisional balance, the VIA Strengths Test, Appreciative inquiry, looking at energy drains and boosters, using the ABCDE model, learning how to reframe, using Socratic questioning, maybe using a positivity ratio. So you can see hopefully that all of the things I'm talking about really help a client to dig into what's going on in their life and to become better for it. Let's talk now about emails because I've covered different types of content. Uh, And emails is another way that we communicate with clients between sessions. You could also substitute private or video or audio messages. If you're not using email, it could be in another form like WhatsApp or Messenger or something like that. It's important to use these wisely. And in the right amount and that's how you get to add value to coaching programs. The easiest way or to think about emails and those sorts of messages is that it's going to make it easier and more convenient for your clients to remember to do things such as logging into a coaching call each week or what the login details are or what day it is or to remember to complete their homework. So that would be a really important basic function of an email series or a message series that goes with your coaching program. But there are other ways to use emails and messages as well. I once had a program for busy people and many of them wanted to remember to do a small daily task during the program. So to help them out, I created an email autoresponder series and it was optional for my clients to subscribe to. If they decided to sign up for it, all it did was send them an email reminder at 6am every day for six weeks, reminding them to do that activity, whatever that was. The series finished after six weeks. It didn't sell anything or give them any other info or subscribe them to anything. It was just simply a reminder. And my clients found that extremely useful. Emails and messages and personal video or audio messages can build connection and trust and rapport. Especially if you use them to A, check in with progress on clients' goals, B, let them know that you're thinking of them and ready to support them if, you, if they're having trouble, C, to be a cheerleader for them and, you know, I know you can do this, or D, acknowledge their progress. Congratulations on showing up for the session this week. Congratulations on doing that goal that was difficult. You must feel amazing. And it's a testament to your commitment and perseverance for example. So in short emails can support a client to deliver content to them but also to remember to do things, to feel supported in tough times and to feel acknowledged and valued. Another type of content that I want to talk about is what I call experience content and this is more about stories. You might have your own experience of what you did and what's worked for you, how you felt and what worked worked for you to get through a challenge or what worked for a client of yours in that situation that your clients might be in. And it's super helpful to share that with program members so that they get different perspectives and feel like they're not alone and on their own. Experience content, sharing an experience, yours or someone else's could be delivered as a live or recorded video, an audio, a blog post or small snippets. There definitely needs to be context added. For example, you might want to talk about how you overcame a mental hurdle along the way to becoming more balanced and less ambitious. And so you tell a story about that with a specific example. Or maybe there was a specific tool that your client used to finally get out of bed at 6am and you would talk about the experiment process and how they came to choose that tool and what difference it made. So you padding out not just the tool but how it worked and how it made them feel. Or it could be a story of how someone redesigned their environment so that they were no longer tempted by something. Here's an example. I used to work in an office. I ran a business and we had people bringing in charity chocolates, which are great. But there are a couple of people that sat facing the charity chocolates each day and they got sucked into eating a whole bunch of them. So we had a conversation about whether they, whether we decided as a company to keep the charity chocolates in place or whether individuals would just need to move the box into a different place where they couldn't see it. So that would be a story about redesigning the environment so that people are no longer tempted. That could be something, there may be a version of that that you could share with someone. Stories are so powerful because they help people to imagine themselves in the same position and what it would be like to succeed and to believe that they can. So that's experience content. Now I'd like to talk about value adds. I've got so much to talk about with content. It's unbelievable. And you definitely don't want to use all of these things. But value adds are those unexpected little things that delight and surprise you. They're the chocolates on the pillow type thing. They are not essential for the delivery and running of the program or the client's progress, but they add tangible value simply by showing that you care. So the goal is to make the client feel personally valued, supported, and or rewarded. It enhances their user experience, their experience of working with you, that it's the opportunity to convey thoughtfulness. And some examples could include a physical welcome gift, like a goodie bag or a book voucher as a thank you for signing up to the program, maybe a personalised welcome letter, perhaps a branded journal and pen, easy to start with. Maybe a beautiful worksheet that you create and a version of that that they use every week. Perhaps a recipe booklet. Maybe a recommended reading list. Maybe some links to relevant TED Talks. Maybe it's reaching out and offering a surprise 15-minute chat to help people get through things. Links to how-to or why-style blogs or podcasts that you've created or that other people have created that you think would help them on the journey. Maybe a completion certificate. Maybe a completion gift, perhaps a personalized thank you letter, maybe a follow up postcard four weeks after the program to say, hey, how are you going? I'm thinking of you. What's your life like now? For any of those types of value adds, some can be used within a program, and you could get your clients using them straight away in sessions and for homework activities. That can significantly boost their self awareness, achievements, and results. For example, the fitness tracker that you give them as a gift. They can use that to help them achieve their fitness goal. Value ads can also be used outside of a program to help a client feel heard or acknowledged or valued. If you're trying out different value ads in a pilot program, it's great to actively take on feedback and make changes to a program along the way. And that in itself is a value add because it demonstrates respect for and acknowledgement of the clients that are helping you in your pilot program. It's a way to add what you could call emotional value and to build trust and rapport. So let's summarize what we've talked about today. It's pretty clear to me at least and hopefully to you that content and emails and other media aren't about pushing your story or information on people or forcing them to do or buy anything or to do it your way. Content and emails and other types of media like that are truly important for supporting and helping your client on a sometimes challenging and uncomfortable journey to change and to demonstrate that their journey and success is your priority. Best of all, you don't need reams of stuff. You just need a few pieces of well-placed, super useful content to support their journey to know, grow and change. So based on what you know of your ideal clients what could you create that would add the most value to your client's journey and when are you going to ask them exactly what they want and need and how they'd like to receive it. That's where the rubber hits the road. Create a focus group and go back to your ideal client to figure out what they want. Okay everyone thanks for listening long episode today I had to get a whole bunch of stuff out because it's really important. Look forward to seeing you next time and bye for now.